The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. Many of the disciples of Jesus remarked, This sort of talk is hard to endure. How can anyone take it seriously? Jesus was fully aware that his disciples were murmuring in protest at what he had said. Does it shake your faith? He asked them. What then, if you were to see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? If this, it is the Spirit that gives life, the flesh is useless. The words I spoke to you are spirit and life. Yet among you, there are some who do not believe. Jesus knew from the start, of course, the ones who refused to believe and the one who would hand him over. He went on to say, This is why I have told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. From this time on, many of his disciples broke away and would not remain in his company any longer. Jesus then said to the twelve, Do you want to leave me too? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe. We are convinced that you are God's Holy One. The Gospel of the Lord. We receive this gospel at the end of the retreat. This gospel is the end of the gospel of the chapter, rather, in which Jesus speaks about the Eucharist. And he says, if you do not eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. And here in this gospel, almost everyone turns away and betrays him. I think of our church today. I realize that in my own life, I am Catholic. And the reason I am Catholic is most especially because of the Eucharist. It's because I believe he is truly there. That God has loved us so much that it wasn't enough to just say the words. That he chose to be here for you. And, you know, I mean, I could have done many things in my life. I didn't have to be a priest or religious. But if I am today, it is primarily because of the Eucharist and, of course, Mary too. But Mary is more the hidden one. Eucharist is very explicit. And I see the scandal... In this passage, I understand the scandal. They leave, and up to 5,000 of them, right, leave. They all leave because they can't believe this. Judas begins to betray because he can't believe it. In the end, when they go up to the cross, even Peter is going to deny him three times. And I ask myself, how is it that I could be faithful? Because I do believe that 
the church exists thanks to the Eucharist. We all eat of his body, and therefore we are one body. Therefore we are church, because we all eat of the Eucharist. And it's real, because he's really there. And it breaks my heart today to see all the scandals in the church. And it breaks my heart quite a bit. I ask myself, what should I do and what should I speak about? It's hard to even speak about such things. They're so horrible. And I know personal cases. I know actual cases, too, in detail. And we can excuse them, or we can say, oh, those ones are horrible. But it's really us, the church. And there is great scandal in the church. I take some consolation, I guess, in knowing that the first apostles were all sinners. And Judas will betray him with a kiss. Peter will deny him three times. That of the twelve, only one will stay at the cross. I get some consolation in that, in that God, from the beginning, knew that we were messed up. And he still worked with us. But I remember that the first time when I started hearing about some scandals, and the priest that was telling us about some of the different things, he said, you know, the worst part about it at all is that you're going to stop loving the church. And I was amidst all my brothers. We were about 80 in a room. And I wanted to stop everything and cry out, no! But I didn't. And later on, I regretted that. I wanted to cry out, no, I will not stop loving the church. Because the church gives me the Eucharist, the body and blood of Christ. And I knew when I entered in becoming a priest, I knew that the world is cracked. Luckily and unluckily, I had seen heroin staring me straight in the face. I had seen rape touch those that are the closest to me long before ever being a brother. So I knew the violence of the world beforehand. And when I chose to enter in the church, it wasn't because I thought the church was ideal, you know? It's because I had to say to myself, what am I to do facing this? What am I to do? And I heard the words of John Paul too when he would cry out, who are the saints of the new millennium? If it is not you, you are the saints of the new millennium. And I realized even back then when I was 20 that if it wasn't me, who would it be? And that saints are born from crises. I also realized that, you know, the church always follows Christ. And where did Christ go? You know? Where did the lamb go? The lamb was led to the sacrifice. That's where the lamb goes. The lamb goes to the cross. And will I follow the church to the cross? 
when the church is crucified by its own members? Or will I deny it? Will I stand at the foot of the cross with Mary and unite my heart to the crucified one? Or will I run away? Peter, he gets all confused. You know why? It's because it wasn't working out the way he thought it should. Everyone was against us. Even Jesus doesn't seem to be working in such a way that the society would accept him and praise him, saying, he is great. So backwards was it that the society is going to crucify him. The society of sin. Peter gets all confused. He tries to take out his sword and make sure that the church is going to conquer. So he takes out his sword and he whacks off the ear of Malchus. I love that about Peter. It's like, it's going wrong. <laughs> you know? It's all going wrong. It's all going wrong, so I'm going to take out my sword and I'm going to fix it. And when it doesn't get fixed, after he had tried and tried again, what does he do? He despairs. He despairs. He gives up. He doesn't want to, right? So he goes to the trial. He goes to the trial and he's trying. He's trying. But then some random things start to happen. Some people he doesn't really know, you know, are all hanging around this fire. They start to say, hey, aren't you one of his friends? And he turns around and denies them. And he denies them. And he denies them again. And it seems very familiar. How often do we do that at the uni? How often do we do that out there in the world? How often do we turn away from him? Because we're afraid, we're timid, we don't want to impose. But the world is on fire. And if the church doesn't change, it is partially my fault. It is partially your fault. Because you're not striving to become a saint. I think of St. Francis. St. Francis facing a major crisis. What does he do? He hears Jesus tell him, reform my church. Rebuild my church, that's what it was. And so he literally thinks it's the church he was sitting in at the time. So he starts building it stone by stone. And he builds that whole church stone by stone. And then he figures out little by little that it means something a little bit bigger than that. And he ends up going to the Vatican. And he says to the Pope that he had this vision and, and that his community is there, you know, to serve the church in rebuilding the church. And the Pope tells him to go throw himself to the pigs. Literally. And so he did. He went and threw himself into the pigs. And then he came back to the Pope covered in mud. <laughs> the folly, folly of obedience and love ended up winning over the Pope. The craziness and the folly of love ended up winning over the church so that so many people got involved with the Franciscans, joining the Franciscan order, that actually authorities of the church and the state started approaching him saying, uh, hold back a little bit because the population level is going down. So, so crazy was it <laughs> that it, all the young men were all going off to join the St. Francis. And from the greatest darkness shines a light, you know? The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. That born from every crisis is a resurrection. 
And we cannot lose hope. We cannot lose hope. We have to stand with Christ, crucified again today. Stand with him at his cross. Because remember, again, I repeat, that he's crucified by the church, the church of the time. He was crucified, and he's crucified today by the outside of the church and the inside, you know? By both Pilate and the chief priests. He's crucified by all of them, and I, I put it before you, in Christ church practically today, what young adults, what youth, who are they that are striving to be holy and to remain faithful? And I would say it's you. And if it's not you, who is it? And so I place this great treasure in earthen vessels. Meaning, this great treasure of his heart, his sacred heart, present in the Eucharist, I put it in your hands. And you are the earthen vessels. You are the ones that could easily break too. We are those earthen vessels. And God has entrusted the greatest of all treasures into our hands. And I say I hope. And the funny thing about hope is hope, as St. Paul says in Romans chapter 5, hope does not fail. Because we have received the promise. The promise of God. Hope does not fail. From every crisis is born a victory. From every crisis is born a change. And so I praise God over these crises sometimes. I cry over the immensity of it. And how many people will be lost because of it? But I praise God because right now we can call a spade a spade. What is evil is evil, and it must get out. What is good is good, and what is evil is evil. And let us fight. Let us not remain passive. And let the world overwhelm us, as many of the apostles did. But let us put ourselves under the mantle of the Blessed Virgin Mary and remain like John, at the side of the cross. But how did he do it? It wasn't because he did it with his strong arms and his big sword, you know? It was because he trusted. Because at the Last Supper, he rested his head upon the heart of Christ. It's because with Mary, he was able to say, I don't know how it's all going to work out. I don't know. I can't see how, Jesus, you're going to save the world by dying on a cross. You imagine he said, oh, I've got it all figured out because I read the Old Testament. I don't even think Mary could have. Rather, he said, Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. And I will follow you. And I know that in your wisdom, you guide my own life and the life of all those around us. But I want to hear you. I want to receive you. And I want to live with you, to dwell in you. 
so that you might be my holiness. Because I don't know how to be holy. And I don't think you know how to be holy. I don't think anyone knows how to be holy except for God who is holy. And so, Jesus, may you be our holiness. May you teach us what it means to be alive. And may death not have the last word. But may our faith be present when the sun rises, when you come forth from the tomb and you lead us into the great springtime of eternity and already in this world, when you lead us so that we might see you, that we might see your face and love you and that we might dance with you for the rest of eternity.